Welcome in to this edition of The Current Report, our weekly roundup of what's making news in the world of digital media. I'm your host, Chris Brooklier. To close out the year on our final podcast of 2023, we're going to take a look back at one of the biggest topics in the advertising and media world, streaming. It's been a banner year in the growing world of connected TV. We've seen landmark moves forward like the Writers and Actors Guild striking for better pay in the streaming world, plus streamers sharing some of their viewership data with the Writers Guild, which was previously locked away. On top of that, streaming is becoming more than just a brand awareness play, with examples like Walmart and NBC Universal teaming up to run ads during live sporting events using Walmart's shopper data. To get the lowdown on everything, we're bringing in Joel Cox, the co-founder and executive vice president of strategy and innovation at Strategist, a media agency that specializes in connected TV. Joel, welcome. How are you doing? I'm very happy to be here. Thank you for having me. All right. Good to hear it. So can you just break down for me what, what has stood out to you this year in the land of CTV? Oh, man. I think it's safe to describe 2023 as a, as a watershed year for um, streaming. Certainly, uh, if it didn't already, it, it now has a seat at the adult table as it relates to traditional media. You know, for so many years, we've been looking at CTV as, as this quasi, you know, alternative to linear. And then now we're finally seeing the data and the eyeballs and the dollars validate that CTV is in fact the path forward and that it will be and probably already is the dominant medium in which we as TV watchers are consuming our media, right? I think that we can hopefully unpack live sports and talk about everything that's occurred there. And that, you know, that's certainly a big element of, of finally demonstrating that CTV's here to stay. Well, yeah, let's start off with live sports. So YouTube got the rights to NFL Sunday Ticket. We had Messy Mania on Apple TV+. Plus. There's obviously been a lot of talk about the move to live sports, but how is advertising alongside a live game different on streaming? Advertisers traditionally, when thinking about live sports, that's been regarded as, as arguably the final firewall for linear traditional media. And to advertise in linear traditional media is and should be a very different approach and strategy than it is in a connected television streaming ecosystem. And frankly, by that, I mean that connected television and streaming offers a much more sophisticated ability to identify and target your audiences to much more nuance in your ad placement. And then obviously, most importantly, in the eyes of myself and my company, what and how we measure after that live sports viewer has seen an ad impression of ours. All of these tech giants can buy sports rights from with a blank check, money in the bank, with zero expectation of a payoff anytime soon. And therefore, what we can expect is this is a trend that occurred in 2023, but moving forward, we can expect that this will continue and that we as sports watchers can expect that more and more every year and every season and every quarter is going to be streamable. And that's really important for us as marketers because that opens up a much more strategic way to advertise into that content. It democratizes it. So instead of when you watch an NFL game in traditional media today, it's it's a roster of what? Like, tell me if I've hit all the usual suspects. Budweiser, Ford, three or four different insurance companies, right? When you have this pivot into a connected television streaming ecosystem, it democratizes it where uh, small to medium brands and agencies that are much more niche and specific and local have the opportunity to dabble into premium live sports. And I think that's great for us as TV watchers. Moving to Amazon, we know that they have the Thursday night package. They had the the first Black Friday game 
They also announced that they would finally start bringing ads onto Prime Video. We've seen this ascendance of, of ad-supported streaming in the last year. You know, Netflix celebrated its one-year anniversary of having an ad tier. Disney did the same. Specifically for Amazon's ad tier, what do you think the potential is for that? And, and how big is it that they're starting to get into the, into the ad game? It's massive, Chris. I think that when you have arguably the, the most premium properties in streaming, a la Netflix and Disney, you have the most premium, most widely used uh, app in the way of Amazon as it relates to marketplace and, and frankly, even search at this point, acknowledging an ad-supported model as the path forward, the homework's done. Like We know that ad-supported is here to stay and that it is, in fact, the most sustainable path forward because you've got the most innovative companies in, in the country, in history, deciding this is the path forward. So um, I think it's it's a significant development. I think it's it's really good for marketers. But ultimately, what, what stands out to me is the flywheel effect that Amazon has. And it has arguably among the best flywheels. And by that, I mean by offering ad-supported content, by offering Prime Video included in your Prime membership for a number of years with no ads, you've got a really captive base there. All of a sudden, everything we've got from the first ever Black Friday game on Amazon, which let's talk about that for a second, how devious and strategic was it that Black Friday is, is historically the one of the biggest shopping days for brick and mortar retail, right? What does Amazon do is keeps everyone at home watching a football game rather than, you know, fighting the lines at Best Buy or wherever else, and then has shoppable ads in the game itself. I mean, it was, it was very strategic, very thoughtful. Kudos to them. But I think overall, when Amazon's going to roll out an ad support model and all of these other apps are, it tells us that we're now at a point where that is, in fact, the path forward. Monetizing inventory in an ad supported fashion rather than subscription-based is really important. And another thing that's interesting about Prime Video is that all Prime members are being shifted into the ad tier unless they, they pay extra to not see ads. You know, that's a different strategy than what the other services are doing. And this sets us up for the evolution of the upfronts. So how did you see the upfronts change this year? And knowing that we're on the precipice of the next set of upfronts presentations coming in the spring. The dam has been breached as it relates to how the, the upfronts are and have traditionally been transacted in terms of where those dollars are being allocated and why. And I think that buyers today and marketers and advertisers who are participating in the upfronts have more leverage than they've ever had before. And so I think that, uh, again, that the pendulum is swinging uh, much more in favor of marketer, uh, where if they are willing to participate in the upfronts, they have a much greater degree of control in terms of where those dollars are being ultimately transacted. And, and that ends up benefiting and in, in resulting in, in more dollars being transacted programmatically. Yeah, I spoke with the director of partnerships for, for Goodway Group for a recent story. And she was telling me that this was the first year that Disney has opened up you know, and given them more flexibility on how they can spend their, their upfront dollars. You could read that full story on The Current. Switching gears here, we've seen a shift back in terms of streamers starting to license their content to, to other streaming services, right? But also related to that, we're seeing bundling as a bigger deal in the, in the streaming space. So do you expect some more consolidation as we move into, into the future? Yes. I'm, I'm thrilled to see the pendulum swinging back in the way of, of bundling and content sharing and consolidation, strictly because of the user experience, but also because it makes marketers' jobs a little bit easier, a little bit cleaner to be able to 
activate and, and measure across these apps more seamlessly, right? The, the most important thing that we can do is be mindful that no one streaming app occupies 100% of a streamer's time. And by that, I mean it's important that you're able to holistically measure uh, and identify a user in one app and then another and then another such that you can be consistent in your messaging, you can be thoughtful in your frequency management, and you can understand kind of that entire path to conversion and streaming habits. There's a lot to look for in the future for sure, but you know, always great talking with you and um, I'm sure we'll, we'll catch up in the new year. Yeah, well, Chris, it's a pleasure. Um, thank you for your time, happy to be here. Hope you and, and your listeners have a happy and safe holiday season. Next, here's our weekly roundup of what's making news across the internet. Keeping with our theme of streaming, we're sharing two stories from the world of connected TV. Just over four years after Disney challenged Netflix for streaming supremacy by launching Disney Plus and buying a majority share of Hulu, some of Disney's most popular shows are heading to Netflix. 14 titles, including This Is Us, the 30 for 30 documentaries, and Lost will be licensed out. Now a big note here is that none of Disney's core properties, from Marvel to Pixar to Star Wars, are included in the deal. This comes after Disney CEO Bob Iger said in an interview last year that licensing content to Netflix before they launched their own services was like, quote, basically selling nuclear weapons technology to a third world country, and now they're using it against us. And that's not the only partnership making headlines. Several DC superhero movies, including Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman will make their way to the fast platform Tubi as Warner Brothers Discovery expands the amount of content that it's licensing. Plus, Spotify has inked a deal with Warner Brothers Discovery to monetize podcasts from CNN, HBO, and Bleacher Report. Both these deals expand where people can take in Warner Brothers Discovery content in multiple forms. And this comes as the media giant tries to diversify its future revenue sources. Well, that's a wrap for this year on The Current Report. We'll be back here better than ever in 2024 to give you cutting-edge insights from marketers, plus highlighting the biggest stories of the week from The Current. And of course, please like and subscribe on YouTube, plus leave a review on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you listen. And if you want to hear more from The Current, listen to The Current Podcast, where we interview some of marketing's biggest leaders about their personal journeys and where the industry is going from here. We'll see you next year.